Hello, you're listening to the podcast of Bay Ridge Christian Church. Each Sunday, our aim is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ from the text of the Bible and to catalyze the hearts of our hearers to love and gratitude towards God and all of His creation. We hope you enjoy this teaching, and we pray that you will be encouraged to trust in Jesus today. Uh, With that, we're going to go ahead and go into our teaching this morning, uh, and that is the concept that you belong. Uh, It's probably nothing new for anybody here, at least not for most of you. It's just kind of a good refresher, a good reminder you know, of who you are in Christ and that you belong in Christ. Um, so our scripture this morning is out of 1 Peter. So I'm going to re- read 1 Peter. Well, we have a couple, but I'm going to read 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. And then I'm going to read 1 Peter 5, 1 and 2. So 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And then 1 Peter 5, 1 and 2. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. So what we're going to talk about today is who you are in Christ after salvation, after you were saved, the concept that you are, as it said in 1 Peter, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Okay, that's who we are. The day that we came to Christ, that's what we became. And then the second part of that is that that's your universal church. That is being part of God's family. And the second part of that is being into God's family, getting into a small local body of believers, knowing who one another are, and really living Christian life together. So I'm going to read you, I guess to give you background. Um, I'm sure a couple of you read it. There's, a, there's an old book out there by C.S. Lewis. It's called The Screwtape Letters. And it's like a 200-page book, maybe not even 200 pages. It's a real easy read. If you haven't read it, you should read it. It's really challenging. Um, basically, the whole concept of the book is you have Screwtape, who is a higher demon trying to mentor a lesser demon who is Wormwood. So Wormwood is a lower-level demon, and this guy is just trying to teach him how to keep people off a track, keep people away from God. That's, that's his goal. So this excerpt from that is, and then every, every letter starts, my dear, my dear Wormwood, as he writes to him. So, my dear Wormwood, you mentioned casually in your last letter that the patient has continued to attend one church, and only one church, since he has converted. And that, is not, that I am not wholly pleased with. May I ask you about it? Why have you, why have you no report on the causes of his fidelity to one church? Do you realize that unless it is due to indifference, this is a very bad thing? Surely you know if a man can't be cured of church going, the next best thing is to have him all over the neighborhood looking for a church that suits him. So he becomes a connoisseur of churches, a taster. Okay. The reasons are obvious. In the first place, the parochial organization should always be attacked because being a unity of one place and not of likings, it brings different people of different classes, different psychology together in a kind of unity that the enemy, in this case God, desires. The congregational principle, on the other hand, makes each church into a club, and finally, if all goes well, into a faction. In the second place, the search for a suitable church makes the man a critic 
where the enemy, God, wants him to be a pupil. So his role here is because, this, because the man is going to one church, is to get him looking for more churches, get him out in the neighborhood, get him trying to find that church that suits him and never having, letting him establish any roots, never letting him establish any friendships, never letting him establish true relationship with believers just to keep him on the outside. So that's what Screwtape is telling Wormwood to do. Don't let this man grow and be in a local church because eventually we're going to lose him. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. So going back to our text, uh, we are a chosen people. Uh, it's a universal church. You know, when the day that you accepted Christ, you are part of God's family, God's, God's large family. You are part of it. You are chosen. You are. You belong. Uh, the word that describes chosen is selected. So, you know, I like food. So when I thought of this, I kind of thought about going to the supermarket and you, you go through and you look at all the different steaks and different things you can pick out. Um, and, you, you know, you have, you have choice. You know, you, you pick a steak, you get a choice beef, right? You get a, you get a really good steak. And, that, and that's who we are. We're, we are choice now at this point. Okay, I know it sounds kind of goofy, but, but you, are, you are choice. You are selected. You are above the rest of the steaks in the meat counter. <laughs> I, like I said, I know it sounds goofy, but that's kind of what, kind of what it clicked me to. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's God has stamped you as choice. God has stamped you as select. God has cha- stamped you as chosen. Um, in this passage, you know, this is why we have the second passage. So the first passage that we read, you know, Peter is definitely speaking to the whole church, the whole universal church. Um, so, we, you know, we belong instantly at that point. We're part of the church universal. Um, and, and everybody's important in God's sight. Everybody, every, every single person and every single Christian person is important to God. God wants you. God wants to draw you in. God wants to know who you are. God wants to know more of you. God has chosen you. God has picked you. Uh, we're not going to get too far into the subject of God choosing you because that can be, that could be like a whole sermon series in and of itself. Uh, but we will point out a couple things. First uh, John four. Nineteen, says. We love him because he first loved us. It is not we who sought God, but it is God who sought us, and called us his son. Okay. We didn't go out and pick God. God was drawing us in. God was pulling us in to be part of his family, to be part of his people. It wasn't that Greg, 34 years ago, I think he said, a day, you know, if, if Greg would have continued on Greg's path and God hadn't pulled Greg in, Greg wouldn't have been here to have that wonderful testimony this morning, which is awesome, Greg. Um, and again, in John 6:44, no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me to draw him and I will raise him on the last day. Okay, so nobody, nobody's going to come unless God has drawn him in to Christ. And Christ has paid that price. So nobody here, myself, an elder, pastor, anybody in this building can boast or stand on their pride of salvation. There, there is nothing that I could have done. There's nothing that you could have done to have come to Christ. There's nothing that you could have done to be stamped select, to be chosen, or to be choice. Okay, it wasn't in your own power. It wasn't in your own intellect. It wasn't in your own actions. Okay, and I know we all know this stuff, but it's always good to hear it. So, and you think of, you know, you think you think of people that kind of have that, you know, 
I found Jesus one day moment, you know, they, they kind of, you know, I, I think we all thought that at some point in time, like, you know, oh man, I found Jesus, you know, I found the Lord, I found religion, you know, I found I, 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 but you didn't, you didn't find, okay, God found you, God pulled you, God, God grabbed you out of the fire, okay, and that's just a good, good reminder and a good thought process and, a, you know, just kind of, you didn't do it in your own power, so don't do it in your own pride. Um, so that's, that's church universal, uh, but God has called us to a local church. God has called us to grow those roots. God has called us to be part of what's going on in a local church. Um, I would love if, if everybody that was listening on the internet or here was in this local church, but that's not always possible. There's local churches everywhere, and it's not a call to say everybody needs to be here at PRCC. It's a call to say you need to be in a local church because that's going to be the healthiest thing for you as a Christian. 1 Peter 1.23, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed. You got me, Dan? No? Okay. All right. So, sorry, guys. 1 Peter 1.23, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Okay, so your salvation is imperishable. Your salvation is yours from the day that you confess until the day that he comes again or the day that you're in the grave. It's imperishable seed, okay? It's not gonna go away, it's imperishable. So, as we read the Bible and we understand that we're reborn, we understand, you know, there's concepts in the Bible that we are sheep and he is a shepherd. Um, you have scriptures talking about him being the head of the house. You know, we, we understand kind of, kind of our place versus his place. Um, when we're born, we're born to that church universal, but that's not where God wants us to stay. That's not what God wants us to continue in, because the day that, I'm going to pick on you again, Greg, since you, since you testified this morning, sorry. Uh, the day that Greg was saved, he was brought into God's house. And we have no concept of what that is. We've all been into some really big and cool houses in our lives. We've been maybe to some kind of castles, or like, and you kind of imagine, like, what would it be like to live in that? You, we have no concept. Like, like, the best thing you can think of is a really bad shadow of what God's house is, okay? With that, we have all the privileges of being God's son, being God's daughter, living in God's house. All that stuff, all those privileges, the day that Greg got on his knees or driving his car, wherever he was or however he did it, um, you know, that day he became the son of God. The day that we all confessed, we became a son or daughter of God, okay? And all those privileges and all those rights and all those things became ours at that point. So with all those privileges and with all those wonderful things that God's given you, he has expectations also. And that ex one of those expectations is for us to be part of a local church. He wants us to join a body. He wants us to, to one another. He wants, he wants us to know who people are. You know, I can, I can talk to Greg like that because I know who Greg is and Greg knows who I am. There are certain people in here I don't know that well and shame on me, I have to do a better job at it. Um, but think about it, you know, going back to the sheep and shepherd, you know, one sheep could never make a flock. You can't be, you can't be out there, you know, never attending, never, never becoming anything and, and be part of, part of a local flock of Christians because it's not going to happen. Um, you can't call one brick a building. It's a brick. It doesn't become a building until you put the mortar together and you put the bricks together and, you know, for those of you who have that kind of talent, not me, build a building. 
Um, you know, we, we, you know, you always have the analogy in the Bible of, you know, heads and arms and, and all that kind of stuff and legs and, you know, feet to the gospel. And, you know, any part of the body is, is a part of the body. It's not a whole. Okay, every, every part of the body has a talent. Every part of the body has a purpose. But a hand is a hand and a knee is a knee and a, and a foot is a foot. And by itself, it's not going to be very effective. So, the reason we read 1 Peter 5, 2, be shepherds of God's flock that are under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, okay? So, we're really just taking the first line out of this and, and kind of thinking about that, but be shepherds of God's flock, okay? So, if there was no point in a local church, if there was no reason to have a local church, then there would be... Peter wouldn't have added this to the, to the Bible because why would he need shepherds of a flock if they're, everybody's out on their own? Um, it's, it's, he's he's very, being very specific that, you know, there is local bodies, there are local churches, so be shepherds of God's flock. Um, you know, there, there is church government. There's, there's reasons the way that the, the church is ran the way it is. Um, if everything was just, you know, capital C, however you want to call it, big C church, where it's church universal, you know, there would be no need for any of that stuff. And, you know, I can understand the attraction to that idea because, you know, as a good, lazy American, I'd love to not have to actually do any work or put any effort into being part of the local church. I'd love to sit at home and, you know, and, and just kind of consider myself a Christian but never actually do a whole lot. But that's not what God's called us to. God has called us to, to be out in the community, to be part of one another, to learn from one another, to, to help one another when, when things are not right. And you really can't read the Bible without understanding it. I'm going to read you another scripture from uh, 1 Corinthians. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Okay, so that's pretty specific. All right, Paul is writing to a church, to a specific church in a specific place at a specific time. Okay, so that's, that's a small local body. That's, that's people doing church together, both their Lord and ours. Okay, that's people doing church together. That's people that are in a local congregation. And I'm just bringing that, bringing that forward because it's important. You know, there's a, there's a kind of a cool part in that scripture too that's kind of a side note, but uh, that little tagline to those sanctified in Jesus Christ called to be saints together with those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In, in some strange way, you know, Annapolis, 2,000 plus years later, Paul addressed that to us, just, which is really kind of a neat little side note. So I guess, I guess my point is to make really good sense of his word, you know, to really follow what he's saying is we need to be in a local body. And I know that about 99% of you guys are, and I'm just here to encourage you to continue, to encourage, encourage you to to dig in, encourage you to, to do all those things that a local body needs to do, the praying together, the, the Bible studies together, the sharing with one another, the hanging out at somebody's house on a Saturday and just getting to know who people are. And, and this is kind of a intentional, kind of a post-COVID note. I mean, this, this, the, po the point is, is we need to do everything we can do to get back to being the church of, the church of God, the church of Jesus, because we've been kind of scattered for a year, over a year, 
And I understand that, you know, if you're watching on the internet right now and there's reasons you cannot do that, I totally understand. So please don't take it as a, you know, hard heavy, like if you're not doing this and you're in trouble. But if, if you can, if you can gather, if you can be together with other saints, I would encourage you to do so because we've been, you know, a year and a half of not seeing people's faces. Let's be honest, it's tough. Um, I guess I guess my challenge would be, you know, if somebody if somebody asks you, you know, who your church is or where your church is, and like I said, I love if if everybody was here at BRCC, but I know that's not the reality of it. You know, you have an answer. You know, it's it's most important that you know that your local church is your local church. Okay, and if you don't have that answer, then I think that's a challenge to you to to find out, you know, what you're going to call your church home and where you're going to set your roots. And, and really be involved. And I understand that some people are transient and they move and they're military and they gotta move every you know, three to five years. I get all that stuff, you know, but that, that makes it more difficult for you. But every place you go, you should try to find that place that you can call your home church. And the, on the opposite side, you know, you have the people that have been in church for forever, a long time, you've been doing church for you know, 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, 50 years, the same place. And, you know, I would, I would encourage you to continue, obviously, but also continue to uh, kind of reevaluate and make sure that you're not just stuck in the minutia. You're not, you're not just like, you know, okay, it's, it's my job to come up here and sing every Sunday, so I'm going to go and do that. But, you're, but you don't really get... You, you kind of lose that traction with people. You kinda, you're kind of like, this is what I do. You come in, you do what you do, and you go because you've got so many different things on your plate. You got, you, you, maybe you're running you know, four different ministries. You're doing this, you're doing that. You know, and, and there's a lot of people in this room that do a lot. It, it, just reevaluate it and make sure that all the things you do are not pulling you away from really being involved and active in the body and to really get to know who people are. And, and also, sometimes there's a lot of talented people in the room that see it getting done. And they just don't, they just figure it's getting done so they don't have to deal with it. So try to pull those people in and, you know, find your exit plan. Sorry, guys, lost my spot. So let's compare our relationship to the church to Christ's relationship to the church, which is, which is marriage. Um, if we read, Paul wrote in Ephesians 5, 25, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Okay, that's a challenge for all us guys to know how to love our wives, but that's not what we're talking about today. Um, <clears throat> Christ gave himself up for the church. So if he had that much investment in the church to make an ultimate sacrifice for the church, I would argue that if it means that much to Jesus, the local church ought to mean as much as it can to us. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get to that level, but there are people that, that do in other countries. There are, there are people that you know, suffer for what they believe, you know, and we, we may be coming to a time when we suffer for what we believe. And are we ready to do that? Are we ready to have that level of commitment? Are we, are we ready to love the church as much as Jesus loves his church? 
So to kind of to kind of bring that down to where we are um, and what we're talking about, my question would be: There's two different kind of relationships that you have. You know, well, there's plenty of different kinds of relationships that you have. But let's compare dating to marriage. Um, you know, when you're dating somebody, it's been a long time. I've been married for a long time, so this is what I remember. Um, <laughs> when you're dating for a long time, it's a trial period. You know, the commitments are commitments are a little lower. You, you don't have to. Uh, there's an exit. I guess the easiest way to say it is there's an exit that you can you can walk out the door, and you're not dating anymore. The relationship's severed. It's not necessarily healthy, but there's an exit. Okay, you can have an exit plan. Okay, so if you're dating the church, or are you dating the church? I guess would be my question. Are you kind of you know? And I understand if you've been here for two weeks, you are dating the church. Absolutely. If you've been here for two years, then I have questions. Um, but are you dating the church, or are you committed? Are you ready to marry the church? Because in marriage, it's a, whole, it's a whole other thing. I mean, you close the door, you bolt the door shut, you have eyes for one person, and there is no exit plan. There is no, you're not calculating, you know, how, to, how do I leave this? Because you're committed, you're 100%, you're all in. Bridges are burned, ships are burned, there's no turning back. There's no turning back. You, you have entered into a lifelong commitment, okay? And there's unfortunately a lot of people that will spend their whole Christian life on the outskirts just dating the church. And then they'll, they'll do as Screwtape told Wormwood to do. They'll date many churches trying to find the church that fits them perfectly. Well, I can tell you I've been through church hurt. I've gone to a church, and we won't mention too much about it, but it was bad. The, the, the floor fell out from under me. And it took me a long time, and I, and I dated churches for a while, and it was horrible. It was horrible, and that was, that was because I did not want to go back through that, okay, so, because it was bad. But dating churches was way worse than committing to one, because you can, you can go, when, when you get to that point, when you walk into a building, and first thing you do, there's fluorescent lights, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. It can get that bad. You know what I mean? It's, it's, and, and you can find something wrong with every single church. You can find something wrong with this church. Okay? It's there. We are people. We are men. We are not perfect, and we will never profess to be perfect. It, it comes down to, I got to a point where, and I sat here right about where Richardson for like a year, maybe more than a year, and I didn't really want to be involved, but I got there. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit, a little bit choked up on that one, guys. I'm sorry. Um, so the third point and the last point is, what does it look like to belong to a vibrant local church? Like, what does that look like? What does, what is that concept? I mean, besides just saying, you know, like you can, like I'm registered to vote. It doesn't really mean anything. I got a card in the mail, but it's not like I'm really part of something, right? Um, it, it's not like you just go through a membership class and all of a sudden, well, hey, I'm a member now, everything's great and wonderful. That's, that's a part of the process, but that's like the very beginning. That's, that's the first step of committing to a church, but that doesn't, that's not the end all. I mean, you can be more committed to a church and never have taken a membership class than if you've taken a membership class and then never come again. So in our, 
In our text, 1 Peter 9, 9b through 10, and I don't have a slide for this one, um, says why we are chosen. Okay, why, why are we chosen? We are chosen that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That is really, really good news. That is really good news. If you really think about it, that is, you know, the, the last part. You know, at one point, one point in our lives, we had not received mercy. At one point in our lives, we had no concept of what that was. But now we have. We have. We've embraced, we've embraced that salvation. So, and if you haven't, come talk to me, talk to Bobby, talk to a ton of people in this room, and we will certainly have that conversation because that's the most important conversation you have in your life. All right, so you were chosen to worship. You were chosen to come on Sunday mornings to sit in your car, to wake up and pray and worship in your home. You were chosen, you were chosen to worship. You were chosen to worship God. Sometimes that's difficult. You know, there's, there's Sunday mornings when I get here and that's very difficult to do. But I guarantee you, God sees you. God sees you and God will bless you. God, God sees you, he understands. He understands you had a rough week, but you know, your week will be 300 times better next week if you can get here on Sunday morning and you can truly worship. You can truly have a heart to worship. Um, you know, each and every week, whomever's up here does an awesome job in my opinion. And if you can't worship, I, I, I'm challenged that you need to check yourself because there's tons of good things going on here. And I believe that uh, it's so, so, so important that we worship God, that we understand what worship is. Because so, when, when you do that, um, it, it kind of brings you to a deeper level of faith. I know, that, uh, I know that in my toughest times, and I'm in one of my toughest times right now, we won't get into that. But in my toughest times, when I worship, things are, like, clear. It's just, it just, it's just clear. I, I can't explain it any other way. It's like, you know, as, as I hit 45, I'm a little older than that now, but I noticed that I couldn't read. Like, I cannot see that page right there. I can see that page right here. It's clear. Okay, when I worship, it's clear. The second, the second part of that is... Uh, you're, you're chosen to witness, okay? You were called out into the wonderful light. You weren't a people, now you're a people, okay? Part of, part of that is you're chosen to witness. You're chosen to share God's word. You're chosen to share who you are. Um, and that doesn't have to be knocking down doors. That can be through your life, through who you are. People know there's something different. Okay, people know that, you know, God chose you, and you can share that God chose you instead of I chose God. Share that, yeah, God chose, I'm different because God chose me. Let me talk to you about that. Let's, let's, let's have that. And, and I would challenge that we need to practice this because, like, those conversations are always awkward. At least they seem to be or they can be. So I would, I would challenge that, you know, I would bear witness of Christ to Simeon. And Simeon would bear witness of Christ to me. Now we're both in the same room. We both know who Christ is. Okay? But if we're doing that here, when we go out there, it's, it's what we do. It's just what we do. It's who we are. 
So I would challenge that uh, bearing witness doesn't have to be as difficult as we like to try to make it out to be. Okay, share the good news of Christ. Okay, part of being a vibrant church is being out there and, and being different and being known that you're different. That's part of being a local body. And if, if we're doing that in here, when we go out there, it's easy. Okay, and that's part of that local body. That's part of being a local church. Okay, if, if we're not here doing that, there's no way we're going out there doing that. None. But if we do, if, if, if you have that anointing on your life, God bless you. There's no way I'm doing it, I should say. Um, so witness, witness to sinners, but witness to believers too. The last, the last part is we have been chosen. We, we received mercy. God called us out, and the reason he did that was to walk with him. He just like Adam in the garden, he wants to walk with us. He wants to be there. He wants to be right there by our side. He wants to know what's going on in our lives. I mean, you know, sometimes we're like, you know, God, you know everything. I don't need to ask. Wrong. Pray. Ask. Let him know. Let him know that we received his mercy. Let him know that we appreciate his mercy. Let him know that every fiber in our soul knows where we were, gonna he we were headed until he came. You are chosen. You are crowned, you are anointed, you are consecrated, you are set apart. Um, we are to be celebrate, to celebrate who God is. And a part of walking with Christ is celebrating who he is. So if we can do that, that's all part of this, all part of this local body. If we're, if we're worshiping, we're hearing the word together. And worship doesn't mean just worshiping. Worshiping is everything that happens here on a Sunday morning, from the time that we start to the time that you get in your car and go. Okay, all that is worship. Every, every part of that, every prayer, Every message delivered, every Sunday school taught, all that is an act of worship to Christ. Okay, so everything that we're part of in this building is an act of worship to Christ. And there's a ton of other things you can do outside of this building that are also that. So I would just challenge you to, to love God and love people. I know that's a song right now, but just love God and love people. Um, so, so that brings us to the last part, which is just kind of applying it, and it's going to be pretty quick, and then we're going to do communion. So the first question, Greg kind of read it earlier, it was kind of, good, kind of good that you read that scripture, Greg, but are you a member of the family of God? Are you a member? Okay, my notes actually is the part of that scripture verse is, do you believe? Do you believe? Okay, so that's something that only you can answer. That's something that you have to know in your heart of hearts. If there's any question in your heart of hearts, then like I said, once again, come talk to somebody. We'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. So do you believe? Second part is, are you a member of a local church? Are you a member of this church or some church somewhere? Okay, that's a, a pretty easy one to answer for most of us. Most of us can check the box and say yes. Second part of that question is, are you, are, you, are you committed? Or are you just kind of a membership card carrying, kind of hang out on Sundays like I did for a year? Kind of, you know, low commitment level? Um, you have to, you know, you have to think about that and, and see what talents you have, see what, see what you bring to the table. Because I would, I would challenge that there's so much talent in this room that we have no idea what it is that we are missing we are missing the blessings that God has for us because there's so many people here that can do so many things that are happy, 
hanging out. And I would challenge you to stop hanging out if that's you. If you think it's you, stop hanging out. So are you dating the church or are you married to the church? That's, you know, are you, are you just here? Or are you really wanting to get in? Or, or, or are you not understanding how to get in? I mean, that's a possibility too. Do, do you not know who to talk to or what to do? Or you don't think you're good at anything? And I, I bet you you're good at like everything if that's you. Um, <laughs> do you not know how to get in? If you, if you don't know what to do, Jerry's standing back there in the red shirt. Well, he's sitting back there in the red shirt. Talk to that guy because he'll, he'll plug you somewhere. And he's really good at figuring out what people need to do, where they need to be. I don't know. I don't, God's given him a gift in that. Um, and then if you are married to this local body, if you are part of this, um, it shouldn't be easy to get up and walk away. Okay? And this, this kind of goes back to the, the beginning, you know, the, the wormwood distraction is what I wrote it down as. Um, it shouldn't be easy to walk away. So, I mean, I've been coming to this church since 2005, so it's been about 16 years, give or take, okay? And if I got up and bounced tomorrow and didn't come back and didn't actually come and have discussion and conversation and leave the right way, that would be absolutely horrible. Absolutely horrible. Um, so, there are reasons that people need to leave churches. There are reasons, you know, things do happen. I do understand that. I understand that you're not going to come here forever and ever and ever. I mean, there's going to, things happen. But when, the, when that time comes, have the conversation. We, we in America are so tempted just to, you know, just to bounce. Like, you know, I, I don't like that fluorescent light. I really don't, guys. And it's not going to drive me out of here, okay? It's not going to make me leave, all right? But I'm just saying... There's, there's so many little goofy things that, you know, we find that, you know, we, we pick as a reason to go, and most of them probably don't mount to a hill of beans, okay? Have the conversation. You know, if you're married to somebody, you're not just going to roll out. You're going to have the conversations, okay? So if, if you're committed to this church and you compare, you compare that, then you need to have the conversations. You need, you know, I challenge you that if at one point, at one point in time you decide to leave this church, Grab me, grab Bobby, grab all the elders, grab Jer, grab grab person you're going to home group with. It doesn't matter. But have the conversations. And then the last the last part is I hope that, and I know this is fairly basic stuff, but I hope that you guys all have the concept that you belong. So do you belong? Do you believe that you belong? Um, if you don't think you belong, you're not sure you belong, you know, we can certainly we can certainly talk to you about that. I mean, I know this is my church family without a doubt. It took me a couple years to get there. I'm not going to say it didn't because I'd be lying to all of you. It wasn't like I walked in the door and it was like, well, this is it. It took me a couple years to get there. But I know this is my church family. And I know that, you know, if I have hardship, there's plenty of people in this room that got my back. And I appreciate that. So with that, we are going to come to the table and do communion. And he took the bread and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given to you in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the, <clears throat> he took the cup, saying, This is the new cup in the new covenant of my blood, which I have poured out for you. We will take the elements together in just one minute. I'm going to go ahead and pray for the bread, and we'll take it, and I'm going to pray for the cup. Let's pray. Father, as we take this bread, remind us of the love 
that Christ has for both us as individual believers and us as a collective bride of Jesus Christ. Allow this bread to unite us together in his death, resurrection, as a local body in Christ, ready to serve one another in love and humility, knitting our lives together as a true community in Christ, in Jesus' name. Take the bread. Father God, we take this cup. <clears throat> Allow us to come closer to you and your son, Jesus. As we come closer to you and your love and grace, allow us to be a reflection of that love and grace to everyone we come in contact with. We know that it is by your will that we believe. You sought us out to be your children. It is by your mercy that you gave your son to die so that we could be part of your family. It is your design that we would be in a local community with others who believe in you so that we may be built up as a local expression of your church. Thank you, Father, for your great sacrifice and love for us. Amen. Cheers. Father God, we, we pray, Lord, that uh, we do understand that we belong. We do understand that you have chosen us, that we are set apart, that we are royal priesthood, Father. I just pray, Lord, that uh, it's my heart that everybody here kind of understands their position in Christ, Father, understands that who they are, that they are chosen, that they are select, that they have a gift, they have something to give this local body, Father. And I just pray, Lord, that you would challenge each and every one of us to, to dig in, to find out what those things are, and to be a uh, stronger support, a stronger part of that in this local body, Father, to understand you know, that there are plenty of things, plenty of blessings, and plenty of talents that we have to offer, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you would just show each and every one of us what those things are, if we don't know already, Father. And I would pray that we would be able to, to utilize those things, Father, that we would be a vibrant local expression of your church, Father, in your name. If everybody would like to stand, the benediction is actually part of our scripture this morning. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy mercy. Go in his peace and mercy. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. For more teachings and resources, please visit www.brcc.church.